0: Welcome back to the Complete History of Coffee, episode 10, Coffee History Recap. Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and let's get started. So we have on Julian Gunther on our podcast today. You guys might remember Julian. He uh, was a guest on our Ukraine episode.
1: How you guys doing?
0: Julian over here is also going to start helping me with a little bit of research on tea history, and he's going to be working on some of our future projects, some of our fictional history stuff, or a little bit of our discussion episodes and some of our future stuff. Right now, we have a French roast from Michael Thomas right here, as you can see. We're going to go ahead and pair this with a cracker with some chocolate and caramel on it. And then later, we're going to add some steamed milk. So we're going to make it into a cafe au lait. We're being really French today. wee oui, wee. Oui. But we're going to start with smelling it. What do you get on the smell?
1: You know, I kind of got a bit of a sweet smell to it. I was going to
0: say it's a little sweet. Yeah. A little roasty. Yeah. A little sweet. Not super, like, strong and bitter. No. Just a little bit of something. I can't tell if it's chocolatey or what it is. Mm, that's a good one. Certainly idea. a sweet, though. Yeah. So let's, we're going to slurp it. That is definitely a dark roast. Yeah. It, mm, it's not yeah. bitter, but there's almost like an initial.
1: Yeah, initial bitterness. And little, then when it fades away, when you, the aftertaste is You get a little bit not, of that sweet, too, actually. Yeah. It's very, very uh, enjoyable. Not very,
0: it's not very bitter it's at very all. Very smooth. Yeah, very, very smooth. Okay. So we're going to parent. Oh, yeah. Because when you parent. You can kind of get a little bit of uh, the notes that are kind of hidden in there. Oh, thank you, sir. Mine with the, the food. Mm. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. You get like the caramelly chocolate notes and yeah. the coffee notes. Like,
1: it increases everything with this. Wow.
0: Is this the first time you've done a coffee pairing? With that, yeah. Oh, like any coffee pairing.
1: Oh, wow. That was... No, I took a drink just now and I have still some of the... uh cracker with the chocolate and stuff in my mouth and it hit. The cracker's
0: didn't... adding an interesting flavor to it too, though. <sighs> yeah, it's so good. Oh my gosh. That is pretty good. Mm. Okay, before you drink all the coffee though, we still gotta add milk to it. we we'll little meal a little full, but there you go. Let's try that. So let's, again, let's start with a little smell. Probably gonna cover up some of the smell, I imagine. Yeah. I don't get, it's get a it. a little is... more dull. Yeah, I don't get it. You still it get it a little break. bit of that roasty. A little bit of sweet. I think the milk adds a kind of sweetness. It does. To the smell, though. For sure. It really doles out the coffee a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I see why, like, if you're not a big coffee person, this might be better because yeah. you're like, it doesn't taste like coffee.
1: Well, you know me, I'm a big coffee person, I'm a big coffee fan. So, I mean, I, I like my coffee in different ways. And this is just, this is, this is really nice.
0: It's pretty creamy. It definitely mellows out that bitterness. Like, yeah. there's, there's really no bitterness now. Not at all. But it's hard to get a lot of the flavors of the coffee. Kind of like a latte, I guess. Yeah. But it's not. The same as a latte? I don't know yeah. how to describe it. It kinda tastes like watered down coffee. It does. A little bit. Like it does. like creamy. I was thinking about that too. A little watered down. Yeah. I'm gonna try it with
1: this. Yeah. See what that does. I'm gonna finish off mine here. A little cracker piece.
0: Hmm. Honestly, I feel like I preferred it before. I did too. But I don't know. The milk does kind of like work it's with the It's like a bit of a creamy,
1: caramel. like the milk gives it a bit of more of a creamy uh, texture. But, but it just taste, doles out the yeah. flavor. And I prefer it with the taste of just the coffee itself.
0: I want to thank Ashley Novikowski, my wonderful girlfriend, for gifting me with the French Roast coffee we just used for our coffee tasting. This episode, we will recap everything we have covered in coffee history thus far, taking a look at some folklore, stories from history, as well as important concepts and themes we have seen in our narrative so far. I will also use this episode to answer some questions I received about the podcast, and we will be talking about how I produced this podcast and some stories from my time as a barista. This should hopefully be a fun episode, so sit back, relax, and let's get started on this special episode. Let's go ahead and get into the nuts and bolts of the podcast, namely, beginning with music for the series. I'm a musician and a composer, so I typically write most of the score for this show, from ancient Chinese and Arabian to medieval and Norse, but there are some soundtracks and audio I use from royalty-free sites, as well as the occasional contemporary song from modern pop artists. In regards to researching, writing, and recording for this show, I use primarily books and scholarly articles for my research, with a couple of primary sources from the given periods we are covering. I usually write my notes in a rough draft format of the script and then I rearrange everything and edit it all together, adding in additional research from online sources from any information which needs to be checked or expanded upon. My girlfriend then reads the script if she has time and she gives me back notes. While these are usually just simple grammatical issues or recommendations to simplify some of the terms and information... She is responsible for the superpowered goat herder in the show. As she suggested, I make the first episode more interesting and a little less history major oriented, and as a result, I began throwing some humor into the show. <laughs> as far as equipment goes, I was using a Rode PodMic for the first few episodes, which although an amazing mic for the cost, it does make a weird buzzing noise. So now I upgraded to the Shure SM7B, which is known by many podcasters and producers as an industry standard. Producing takes place using Logic Pro, and then I use iMovie for most of my video editing. Besides being a musician, I also work in film and theater as an actor and director. So having enjoyed learning about history and doing entertainment, my career as an actor and a musician led me into podcasting. I have always loved history, beginning with ancient Egypt and Rome as a kid, later diving into World War II around middle school, finding a love for pre-modern world history from Mesopotamia to Mesoamerica in high school, and focusing on ancient history, pre-colonial Latin America, and British history in college. Dr. Croft, in his 1856 work, travels, researches, and missionary labors during 18th century residence in eastern Africa, gives the civet cat credit for first discovering coffee and introducing it to people. He tells us the civet cat carried coffee seeds from central Africa to the Ethiopian highlands, where it was first cultivated. Sometime later, Arab merchants traveled to this region and brought back the plant to Arabia, where it took off and became world renowned. To make it easier to follow, I will start by giving a summarized version of our mythological events, tying them together, and then using them to transition into our Sparknotes version of coffee history. The story of coffee began with Kaldi and some goats, supposedly sometime around the 9th century in Ethiopia. After trying the coffee fruit, which his goats had been eating, He then found himself in the possession of superhuman strength, endurance, and speed, or at least the caffeine probably made him feel this way because he began dancing with the goats after trying it. Ah. Kali then gave the beans to some monks who were like, this stuff is crazy, now we want to stay awake all night and pray to Allah, or maybe they fermented the coffee cherries and made some bomb liquor. Eventually, people grew concerned with these late-night coffee-drinking monks and wanted their meetings banned. There were some illegal proceedings which claimed coffee went against the Quran and was inherently bad, but in the end, coffee remained legal. Coffee houses also faced pushback, first in the Middle East, then in Europe, for similar reasons. So, let's go ahead and pause and consider what these reasons were, because I had a listener ask me to explain why governments were so opposed to coffee. This is because coffee, and more specifically coffee houses, were seen as going against political leaders and organized religion. We may break this up into different reasons and say this is due to certain conservative members of society who don't like change, such as a new hip Gen Z drink which annoys all the boomers. This conservatism can obviously spread into politics and religion like how many conservatives have issues with the legalization of marijuana, often for religious or political reasons. But coffee, unlike alcohol and marijuana, it does not mess with a person's ability to think and discuss matters of religion and politics. So coffee houses offered places for people to question and debate political and religious topics creating fear for religious and political leaders of the time. And as we have seen in Britain, coffeehouse culture became so important to some societies, they would rather overthrow the monarchy than to go without their daily cup of coffee and social time in coffeehouses. Getting back to our story, it did not take long for coffee to become massively popular in the Middle East, and while its popularity grew, so too did its despise by others. Factions led to a near-civil war over coffee, and in the end, coffee came out on top. In Europe, people began hearing of this mythical bean and so wanted to try it for themselves. Italy was the first to receive coffee through the port of Venice, and then other parts of Europe soon followed. Before long, coffee spread like wildfire across Europe, namely to England, France, Germany, Austria, and the Netherlands. Yemen worked hard to hold its monopoly on coffee and was able to maintain this hold for quite some time, but eventually a Muslim pilgrim named Baba Budin was able to sneak coffee beans out and planted them in India. Once coffee escaped Yemen, it would soon be grown in Java and then later in places like the Caribbean and Brazil. Coffee houses in Europe stirred up political and religious pushback, just like in the Middle East. People said it was the devil's drink and was satanic, until Pope Clement was like, nah, it's actually pretty good. Political leaders in response, like Germany's Frederick the Great, was like, coffee ain't actually all that great, and King Charles II of England felt the same way, so they both had coffee banned. Charles did this because he didn't like the political conversations going on in coffee houses, while Frederick did it to support homegrown goods, such as chicory. Venice's first coffee shop took on the name after which drink it sold, becoming a place of intellectualism as well as a place of gambling by Venice's elite. Coffee swept across Italy to Verona, Milan, and Turin. Italian coffee houses were usually elegant buildings. Coffee houses took off in Austria, while the Netherlands sought to be the main supplier of coffee to Europe. In most of Europe, including Eastern European countries like Ukraine, coffee became a drink of the upper class, although France and England saw pushback against this. Coffeehouses throughout Europe became a central place for the movement that has become known to history as the Age of Enlightenment, a movement which sought change in social equality, especially in religion and politics. England and France both led the way with coffeehouse culture in this shift from rule by a monarchy to that of democracy. In England, we saw a decline of the monarchy and a rise of the parliament. In France, we saw coffee houses leading the way for complete overthrow of the previous government, and installation of something new. Ultimately, these changes, led by coffee, came in the form of revolutions in countries like France and England, as we've discussed, as well as Haiti, due in part to coffee growing by enslaved Africans, And as we will see next episode, The American Revolution. But before we go, I have a couple of barista stories for everyone. While of course baristas deal with many rude and needy customers, there are a couple who stand out. I had one guy in the drive-thru who spilled hot tea on his pants and so got out of his car and took off his pants in the middle of the drive-thru. There was also instances of being robbed at gunpoint, having people cuss you out, or... Even one time, two homeless guys got into a knife fight in front of the store. I did have one lady who thanked all of the baristas at my store for making her husband's drink so perfectly for him as it was the only thing which he was able to eat or drink before he passed away. Here is a not-so-fun story from my time as a barista. I briefly worked at Pinon Coffee, a local coffee company here in New Mexico, which ships coffee to other states. After working at one of their cafes for two weeks, I got my first paycheck in the mail and discovered I had been paid below minimum wage. I contacted the company's director of human resources, who told me it was in the contract. So I called the New Mexico Department of Labor and got confirmation Pinon was in fact breaking the law. So I can tell you from personal experience, the company, New Mexico Pinon Coffee, does not pay its employees minimum wage. One of my favorite experiences was probably meeting my girlfriend at Starbucks nearly seven years ago when we both worked as baristas at my first store. And although she probably doesn't know this, I decided to become a coffee master after she went through Starbucks coffee master program, which led me to begin teaching the coffee academy course, which sparked my interest in coffee history and resulted in this very podcast. you enjoyed our coffee history recap episode this episode i will be giving out free black starbucks coffee master aprons to anyone who goes onto our social media pages and messages us with the correct answers to all of the questions i will be posting about coffee history i have almost a dozen of them so don't be discouraged if you're listening to this episode a little late i may still have some I also have several green aprons from my time at Starbucks, and I will be signing those and sending them out to all of our Patreon supporters this month, along with a free coffee mug as a thank you for all of your support. So if you would like to become a member, I will be able to get the supplies for any of our new members as well. To close, here is a quote from Peter Diamond. 300 years ago, during the Age of Enlightenment, the coffeehouse became the center of innovation. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned next time for more on Coffee History.